All right, everybody, welcome back to the Sunday Turnaround. I'm your host, Sam Jefferson, and today we have a very special guest on the show, a UVM senior who grew up in Orwell, Vermont, undeniably the heart of the Davis Center production team that I'm also here on at UVM, an avid baseball fan, and most importantly, just an overall awesome guy, Will Cousineau, my friend, welcome to the show. So happy to have you here. Hope thank, you're doing well. Thank you for having me, fam. Yeah. Hell uh, of an intro. Thank you for the kind words. Yes, of course. And unfortunately, this is our second time recording the intro. We had a little, <laughs> I've, Will, or well, really Dusty. I feel like we should talk about that too. That's probably the first time, or now the second time I've called you Will because we had to do the intro twice. Right. But my, my real name is not often used within the confines of these walls. Yeah, these no. Days. The, the Davis Center building, for those who don't know, um, which probably isn't many of you listening, but it, it's the biggest building on campus here at UVM, right? I now? believe and, so. Yeah. And me, and me and Dusty, we work here together. And although his name is Will, I think now I've called you Will probably only four times. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I'm super stoked to have you here on the show. Yeah. I appreciate you having me on. Um, it's good to have a senior on the show. Definitely. We'll have some questions yeah, bring, for bring just, the old head factor. in. yeah. I yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're only two years older, but I guess still at this age, that does feel, it feels like there's a lot more life experience with two years, still. <laughs> um, just going through college. Um, one thing I wanted to get into just watching uh, or not watching, but going through your Instagram earlier, I saw that you had a couple photos of you doing stand up, and I wanted to ask you what got you into that and when you started when you started performing yeah so in my in my freshman year, I did a few open mics, you know told a few jokes got a, got a few laughs, a few smiles made a made one poor soul very uncomfortable with a Hulk Hogan impression that I, I felt was spot on, <laughs> but they did not. I, you know, I couldn't tell if they were, if they were made uncomfortable by lack of quality or the fact that it was of too high quality, mm -hmm. you know? <laughs> yeah. Maybe they really thought that you were Hulk, right? They might've thought I was the Hulkster in that moment. That's mm -hmm. so awesome. Now, was the Hulk Hogan bit, was that planned out? Or did you walk up on stage and you're like, you know what? I'm going to be Hulk Hogan. There was there was a Hulk Hogan joke planned out, I believe. But I wasn't planning on doing it the way that I did it until I locked eyes with this one person in the front row. And I was like, that person. And I, I got up right on the front of the stage and I did it right to this person. Just a... Hey, brother. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh, man. That is Pro promptly retired right, right after. Oh, out, really? Was that, the, that was the last set? That was my last set ever, I believe. How many did you do? I would say I probably only did like six or seven. Okay. It, it was fun, though. It was fun. That sounds super fun. How long, how long would you go up? Um, anywhere from like two to five minutes each time. Okay. That, that is something it's... It's a it's a club here, right? In Burlington, is it called the Com Ver like There's comedy there's club the Vermont or? Comedy Club down down by Church Street here in Burlington and they I'm not sure if they still do or what their what their operations are like with with COVID going on, but yeah, they used to host an open mic every week. Yeah, no, I've heard about it. That's so cool you did that. I that is one thing I would like to try once in my life is to just go up, 
stand on stage and see, even if it's just for one minute, what the heck I got, because it does seem like a fun thing to just kind of go up and try. It I, is. It's like once, once you can do that, I feel like you, you just kind of lose all semblance of stage fright, at least in that moment. Like if you, if you can get up on stage and make somebody laugh, the, the nerves just slip right away, mm -hmm. which is such an incredible feeling. Did you have a favorite set you ever did or, or favorite bit? One of my, one of my first sets, I told a story of the time that I was left on the New York city subway uh -huh. in my, my first time ever going to New York city. And I just, I just relayed that entire traumatic experience to the crowd. What, what happened on the subway? So I was on a class field trip. And I, you know, here I am from, from little, little town, Vermont, and I am not aware of, of city etiquette. And so I'm, I'm letting all these people get off the train. And then all of a sudden I go to step off and the doors just shut. Oh. And so 13 year old me, I just, I just get, start taking, it just starts taking me uptown. And I have, I have no idea where I'm going. I start to just come to terms with the facts that I belong to the subway now. Oh my gosh. At 13 years old too. Yeah. It was terrifying. Did you look up at like the, there's like that little line, right? That shows you what stop you're going to. I had or, no idea what was going on. Was, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. No, that sounds, that would have me scared at 13, man. In New York city too. Yeah. Being from Orwell, Vermont too. Is that, so was that your first time in like a big, big city like that? First time in New York. Gotcha. First time in New York. Yeah. Haven't been back since. Okay. <laughs> this time, I'm sure you'll you'll have the subway system mastered, though. We'll see if there's a At next least, time. Yeah, if there is, if there is. Um, man, yeah. Another thing I wanted to ask regarding just Instagram stuff through my little peek was I saw you had you had a quote or not a quote, but your bio it said 1.01 to the 365th is my motto. Yes. So or the 365th power. And I was yes. like, I wonder what, I wonder what that's about. I am glad you asked me about that. So what that is, I picked it up from, I, I wish I could remember what book it came from, but what that is, if you put that into a calculator, it comes out to be just under 38. Okay. And the 1.01 symbolizes one, which is you. Mm-hmm plus 0.01 added onto that, which is 1%, to the 365th power, 365 days in a year. So what 1.01 to the 365th power is, is 1% improvement every day. Hey, yeah. Okay, and when you put that in a calculator and you get about 38, it means that if you are doing something and you get 1% better at it each day, by the end of a year's time, you will be 38 times better at it than when you started. Wow. Okay. So that, when I read that, it just blew my mind. And since then I have just tried to ingrain that value in me of like, whatever, whatever it is that I'm doing, it's just gotta be 1% each day. And it just shows that small improvements can add up to monumental results. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's a great motto. Yeah. I, that really resonates with me too. I, I took a class last year here at UVM called drugs, demons, and dragons. Or was it? Yeah, I think it was drugs, demons, and dancing, not dragons. I always had dragons on. Um, but dancing with dragons. It, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but one of the things it had us learn about that was similar was tiny, called Tiny Habits. Mm -hmm. And this guy talked about how it was kind of an odd time to do it, but after he would pee every day, 
he would do two push-ups after. Okay. Just after the bathroom. After I assume after he left. I don't think this guy was putting hands on the bathroom floor. <laughs> um, but uh, he was saying he was getting older and he wanted to maintain some strength. He's yep. like, what's an easy way for me to work out just a little bit every day? And he did that and he said he saw his oh, upper yeah. body strength, you know, actually really improved just yep. from that little percent every day. That is great advice. That's great advice. Yeah. I know you, you definitely think about a lot of that stuff too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just little improvements every single day and you'd be amazed with with how far you can push yourself. Yeah. Is there anything in your life that specifically you've seen that 1% kind of amount oh. to something much larger? You know, I would say just in the way that I go about, you know, it might, it might sound a little vague, but just in the way that I go about my day, you know, each day I try to make it, you know, 1%, 1% better just across the board, like be 1% healthier, you know, improve my relationships with the people that I'm around by 1% and just like at the end of the day when you're laying in bed you just kind of take stock of everything that you did in that day and you just think to yourself did I get 1% better and you know oftentimes if you're if you're cognizant of of how you go about your day and the way that you move you, you know the answer will be yes like you will without a doubt just think like I you know if you if you try try and try yeah you will see that you'll see that improvement and it's you know i'm telling you little by little day by day yeah one day at definitely a time. Ha having known you for about uh i guess two three months or so now you're definitely a very positive person like when i talk to you you usually always seem to kind of find a way to look at things glass half full and i really admire that you know you gotta be there's there's so many there's so many things to be negative about that i just don't want to add to the pile you know, like, and I, I also think that you can get far more done looking at, looking at things positively. You know, I, I try not to look at anything that I do, like, I have to do this. I try to look at it like I get to do it, you know, because yeah. anything that you might be, that you might be going through on a daily basis, it can always be worse. You know, that's, that's what I try to remind myself. Like, no matter how stressed out I get, I just try to take a step back and think, Am I healthy? Yes. Is there a roof over my head? Yes. Do I know where my next meal is coming from? Yes. And if you have all those things taken care of, you you can just you can keep going onto the other things and you know, it's just you just really have to try to put things into perspective. Yeah, that's a really grounding thing to remind yourself of every day. I I definitely want to become better at that just like kind of taking in the little things. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I've, I've recently started trying to just journal, like each time I journal, write down five things I'm grateful for each yeah. day yeah. and try to, I read somewhere it's good to keep it as simple as possible. So mm -hmm. sometimes I'll write water. Yeah. I'll even just write my clothes yep. or if I'm eating a bag of Doritos as mm -hmm. I'm journaling, I'll be like, Doritos. Mm -hmm. Express gratitude to that <laughs> bag of Doritos. Right, for real. Cool Ranch. Cool yep. Ranch is definitely that's that's my Dorito oh, yeah. flavor. Uh, but man, that's awesome. Has that come naturally to you for your in your life, like sticking to the positive, or is, was that something you had to sort of train? You know, I I, th I think it's just something that's come in gradually as I've gotten older. You know, as you as you experience things, you know. Not that I'm not that I'm coming with the with, with centuries of wisdom, but you know, once if you really just stop and and think and just try to take 
take stock of what you're doing and why you're doing it, you can really get to the root of what you mm. really value. Yeah. And once you, once you figure out what it is that you really value, a lot of other things that, that might have bothered you before, they kind of, they kind of seem insignificant. And I don't know if insignificant is the right word, but you're not, you're not as bothered by them because you can, you can turn your focus on to what, what you really truly care about. Yeah. No, that makes a, that makes a ton of sense. Intention, I feel like is really important with actions you do. Like, um, if you're meditating to try and just like, I guess, improve your just overall state of mind. If you remind yourself that after a meditation that didn't go so well as someone who's been trying to practice meditation more over the past year or so, I know sometimes I leave a meditation. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I, like I do guided ones where I listen to someone right. talk and I'm like, I completely lost focus for that entire meditation and did not do what I was supposed to do during it. But if you reminded yourself that you went into the action, just trying to better yourself, mm -hmm. get that 1% like yeah, you're saying, 1%. then, then it just makes you feel so much better too. You're like, Hey, yeah. I'm still doing something for myself. Exactly. Um, and it's awesome that you can build habits like that too. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would recommend to you the book Atomic Habits by James Clear. And now, now that I think of it, I believe that's where the, that's where the 1.01 to the 365 came from. And that, that book talks about the, the science behind habit building and just how much you can do by, by just building these little habits each day, like yeah. little things, you know, you don't, you don't have to make monumental changes. I feel like that's where that's where people get bogged down. And that's, that's why it's hard because you, if you want to make a change, you want to, we're wired as humans to want to have quick results. When in reality, nothing worth having or nothing that's going to come with any sort of longevity can be achieved quickly. Yeah. You know, it takes, it takes time to build that. And it also has to be something that you truly want to do. Not something that you say you want to do, but something that in your heart of hearts you truly want to do because that's what makes it sustainable and that's what makes you able to stick with it. Yeah. Because you want it for you. You know, I say, I say that you, it's hard to be motivated by spite. You know, it's, it's easy to be motivated by spite. It's hard to be driven by spite mm -hmm. because do, if you're doing something to prove somebody else wrong, that's only going to push you so far. But if you're doing something to prove yourself or other people around you right, you know, you can, you can light that wildfire. Wow. I say motivation is a spark drive is a wildfire. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So many good quotes already <laughs> in this podcast. My gosh. Yeah. No, 100%. It's kind of like that thing. At least I've heard it, seen it like someone's partner breaks up with them mm -hmm. and then they're like, Oh man, I'm going to get in the best shape, tip top shape. I'm yep. going to look amazing. Been there. And then they're going to be looking at me thinking, man, look what I had. Can only push you so I, far. Yeah, like, right. And maybe for that first month, mm -hmm. you're going to the gym every day. You're you're looking great, but then, because as you said, it's not really motivated from re like truly within you mm -hmm. what you really want for yourself. That's when it'll start to taper off a little bit. And I think the hard part with that too is trying trying to understand what you truly want, mm -hmm. and maybe even shifting intention or shifting motivation to be like, okay, I'm doing this for me, not mm -hmm. for other people. Yep. Um, yeah, no, those are definitely good words of advice. Do you have 
any person in your life who has been able to kind of like give you these messages to take throughout or if they come through your own experience? You know, I, I just try to, I try to listen a lot. I've, I've fortunately been so blessed with so many, so many great mentors, whether it's, you know, my, my parents are my heroes, my role models, you know, my best friends and, um, you know, my, my family, my friends, just, I try to, I try to learn from everybody. And, um, and that even extends to the books that I read or the people who I watch on YouTube, like just try to try to pick something up from everywhere. Like I, if I'm, if I'm trying to give somebody advice, I usually tell them like, look, none of these are my original ideas. You know? <laughs> yeah. You were telling me that. I remember that. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm just a messenger. Like, but you know, I just, I try to pick up what I can. Like, and that's yeah. an important role though. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I'm the same way. I feel like a lot of the things I tell people for advice, like I know we were talking about the other day about how sometimes we both might tell people to take a break and it's totally okay to just, you know, Hey, if you're having a bad day, yes, you have an assignment, a big assignment, but make sure you get your rest. Make sure that you are, are doing you and making sure that you're making sure to take time to just relieve yourself. Mm -hmm. And I don't always take that advice for myself. Like definitely. Um, and that's, I mean, that's one I would definitely like to get better at is not, I don't know if you have this issue as well, but I have an issue of relating the pro- productivity of my day to my self-worth at the end of the day as well. hundred percent. Like, like I, oh. I have such a hard time just doing nothing, even though, you know, it goes back to that 1%, like a day of doing nothing might make you 1% better if it makes you feel relaxed and rejuvenated and ready to just to keep going. Like sometimes you just need that. I mean, I feel like, you know, people get bogged down in the sense that, you know, you're, you're sometimes pressured with this go, go, go. And I don't know, I don't know where we got to a point that, you know, getting two hours of sleep a night was some sort of status symbol. Right. Like, that's so backwards to me, but, <laughs> but you're, you're exactly right. You know, sometimes people forget that your your health is number one because you, you can't do anything else without it. Like you could work, you could work 18 hours a day at 50% quality, or, you know, you could work nine hours a day at a hundred percent quality, get the same amount of work done, but I bet you, you're going to be happier and better off, man. Yeah. Cause you got to find that balance. Yeah. I mean. Balance is key. And that's, you know, I'm, I'm right there with you. I am, I'm not good at it, but it's something that I think because I'm aware of the fact that I'm not good at it, you know, I could keep working on trying to bring that into my life and like trying to do things just for the sake of doing them. Like, I think that's something that we've talked about before is like, when we do things, we try to do it just all the way in. I think something that I need to embrace is just finding something and just being terrible at it, but enjoying <laughs> Yeah. Enjoying the process of admitting that I'm terrible at it so that you can keep getting better because the only, the only way you can improve is by admitting that you need improvement. Yes. You know, acknowledgement is always the first yeah, step. If, always if, the first step. If you don't acknowledge that there's room for improvement, you're not going to, you're not going to put in that improvement. Yeah. No. And, and it gets hard too. Sometimes I, I started playing piano mm-hmm. in last semester. So spring semester of last year, and I've, I've played pretty close to daily three to four times a week up until today. So we're almost starting to near a year mm-hmm. and I 100% have gotten better, yep. but I look at that course of time and I look at where I'm at and I think, how the heck 
am I still so like, <laughs> like on these keys, I'm hitting the wrong keys. Sometimes I'll mess up a scale. I find it difficult to still, um, like sit down and learn songs and really yeah. keep myself there. But as you're saying, you know, acknowledging that it's okay to not be great and yeah. everybody learns at a different pace. I mean, give me these next two years. I'm going to hopefully be exiting college. Yeah. No one actually really how to play. And even if it doesn't come then, as long as I keep the habit and it's yeah. something fun, that's that I do. I think, I think what it is, you, a lot of people, you know, you tend to, to compare yourself to others, which, you know, I'm sure, you know, when you, when you started to play piano, you were probably inspired by somebody who's really frigging good at it. Yes. You know, so you, you may start by comparing yourself to that person, but you know, and I do this too with, with everything I try to pick up, um, you know, you can't, and this is another thing that I picked up from another, another mentor of mine. Don't compare your chapter one to somebody else's chapter 12. Right. You know, like I know you, <laughs> you, you try to pick up something new and you just see, you see all these people that are just so good at it. It's, it's easy to get discouraged when in, in reality, like I'd rather try to learn from them, you know, like, and then through that process, just instead of looking forward at where they are, look back to how far you've come, you know, and appreciate that. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, I came in here to the DC production team and I mean, this is just a job where you move tables and chairs. Mm -hmm. Sure. But at the same time, you know, coming in and seeing you and all the other shift team leads, like knowing every room, knowing every table, it can make you nervous for your first shift. Cause I know I'm like, man, I don't know where anything is. I'm pretty sure I mean, the first time I even tried a chair stack, I almost took our boss's head off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you remember that. It was like, it was like, oh, yeah. it was oh, first yeah. day of training and our boss, me and Dusty's boss here, Lydia was like, does anybody want to try the chair stack and try to set it down? And I was like, you know, I got this. Let me, let me, let me set the example for the team here and try it out. I went up there, forgot to hold on to the chair stock as I lowered down the dolly and I sent 10 chairs right at Lydia's skull Timber. And, and oh my god anyways <laughs> my point is is 100% I could look at you and be like man these guys totally know what's going on how the heck am I going to do anything but if I realize you guys had to start at oh same, yeah same point too oh yeah I mean that can be applied to anything we've, we've all dropped a stack my friend I remember <laughs> one of one of my first days on the job I dropped a stack and one of the chairs landed just right on my hand Oh. And I, I still have a, a very small scar on my middle finger from that. And I remember going into into the bathroom because my, my finger was bleeding. And I was too nervous to ask anyone else on shift where I could go get a Band-Aid. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah, oh my gosh. So First, I know there's, there's something so fun about, about starting at the bottom, though. Because mm -hmm. there's, there's nowhere to go but up. You totally. Know? And if you just... If you just take a moment to sit back and appreciate the improvement that you've put in, you know, I'm not saying it's, there's a difference between being appreciative of the improvement that you've put in and getting complacent. You know, it's like that proud, proud, but not satisfied, you know? And, and I think when you, when you can really pick something up, embrace and have that humility of starting at, ground zero yeah and just build something up it's so 
it's such a fun thing to do. It's such a fun way to approach tasks. Yeah, no, 100. Yeah, keeping it fun. Mm -hmm. Keeping it fun is, is really good. Did you, I know you mentioned to me the other day that when the pandemic first started, you were able to start working out more mm -hmm. and, and get into really good shape. Um, were you able to use that kind of mechanism with that? Like, okay, I'm starting at this point here, and if I just keep working out and make it fun, then I'm able to kind of come out where I want to be. You know, I think it was at a point, and I, I don't know if this is pandemic related, but I was at a point where I was just by myself a lot. So there wasn't, there wasn't any of that comparison to others just because there were no others <laughs> around, right. <laughs> right. you know, yeah. we were all inside. So I really just got to like be with myself, you know, and I got to take inventory of where I was at acknowledge where I wanted to be and then just sort of map out what I could do day by day that was enjoyable and sustainable. And when you have those two things, you can, you can go forever on something, you know, you, that's, that's how you make permanent changes is sustainable and enjoyable. Mm -hmm. You know, I've, I have a, another mentor who refers to that as the happy grind. You know, you're, you're working your tail off, but if you're, if you're happy in what you're doing and it's, it's giving you fulfillment, you know, that's, that's gasoline, you yeah. know, that's, that's fuel to, to keep going. hundred percent. It's yeah. just going to push you. I remember a quote similarly from Kobe. I read mm -hmm. a while ago. Lots of great like, ones. From yeah. Kobe. Kobe's got some great quotes, especially about grinding. I mean, yes. talk about an athlete that, oh my gosh, I watched an interview where he talked about blackout workouts. Who like talked to us like are you ready to black out wow so they would i forget what exactly it is this isn't totally related to my thing but you wake up at 4 a.m work out like full game speed till 7 a.m <laughs> then you go lift weights yep you take a break eat lunch then you come back to the court you go full speed for two three more hours and i remember it was like pj tucker on the interview who i think where's he playing at now i'm forgetting uh, miami miami yeah on the heat um he was saying that it was just, oh my gosh, it was just like a workout he'd never had before. And I mean, as Kobe said, like the best, the best part of the grind are the late nights mm -hmm. where you're staying up and you can f just feel just like the motivation, the mm -hmm. true, I yep. mean, I guess in basketball, maybe even like adrenaline. Sometimes I try to tell myself that when I'm writing an essay yep. at like midnight. However, it doesn't totally apply because it's something I don't want to be doing. Um, but yeah, no, uh, the, the way like just your brain and thinking about problems in a certain way, the, the way that can just change how you go about, yeah. uh, the solution is crazy to me. Like I've, I've really been trying when I like have a negative thought to, to accept that that was a thought, but then reframe it yeah. sort of. So if I'm thinking like, man, like right now I have a philosophy essay that's due Monday and I probably should have started on this thing a couple of days ago, but I'm telling myself, we're here in this moment now. How can we make this moment better for Sunday? Right? Because I've already, I've, I'm already here. There's no reason about like reason to worry about the past because right. it's already happened. Yeah. I don't know. Those are, those are good words for sure. Uh, while we're kind of on just the topic of advice too, being a senior here, <laughs> I thought, it would be good to ask you just a couple questions of advice having now gone through three and a half years yeah. of college. 
I was going to ask you, because predominantly our listeners are college students who are here at UVM mm-hmm. too. I was going to ask you if you could give yourself one piece of advice for your freshman yourself, what advice would you give them? I would probably say relax, go with the flow, you know, stop trying to control everything. Just let, let the chips fall as they will, because I have found that the whole college experience is just one big change. And that's what makes it so fun, but also so terrifying because change is hard, but change is the only constant, as they say. And so I would just tell myself that you just need to, you know, follow, follow your heart, you know, let, let that guide you. You've made it this far. You know, I found that life, life has a funny way of making you ready when you need to be. Mm-hmm. Like you might not be ready for something right up until the moment where you need to be. But when that moment comes, you will, you will be ready, you know? And, yeah. um, cause I mean, when I, when I was first going off to college, I was terrified. You know, I was doing, I was doing everything I could to convince myself that it wasn't, wasn't real. But that didn't stop moving day from coming, you know, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. you know, you can, you can deny that all you want. Um, But then I just found that, okay, I made it to move in day. Okay. I made it through the first night. Okay. I made it through my first day of college classes, you know, look, look down at myself. No, Dusty's still there. Dusty's still there. No (laughs) significant scratches or bruises. Right. Aside from the finger. And eventually you're just like okay, this is, this is going to be all right, you know? And, uh, yeah, just let the chips fall would be, would probably in a nutshell be that, be that advice. Definitely. Definitely. Accepting change in college can be really hard. Yeah. It sometimes it even still feels kind of surreal. I'm from, I mean, we're, it's pretty different for us. You're from Orwell, Vermont, right? And I'm 1200 people, right? 1200 people Mm -hmm. to a college here. Uh, we got 11,000, 12,000 or so. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So I'm sure that was a big change. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know people still make fun of me when I call this the city. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I think Burlington is a city. Yeah. I wouldn't call it a town. I, I have just barely gained the capability of driving here. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm used to dirt roads. <laughs> right. Right. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm used to dirt roads that are that are one lane roads until you see another car. Right. Yeah. And sometimes it's a tractor because because you grew up on a farm. Yep. Correct? Yep. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. That's that was one thing I wanted to ask you, too. Were there any was there anything about growing up on a farm that you feel like taught you some lessons that you wouldn't have been able to learn elsewhere? Most definitely. You know, I think um, there's so much that you learn in that setting, whether it's, you know, the farm setting, the small town setting, that because it's things move a little slower, you get to really you get to really soak in. You know, you get to pick things up and, um, you know, that that slow paced living. I know some people can't stand it, but I love it. I wouldn't I wouldn't trade that for for anything like, um, you know, I think it's might might be might be a little odd, but taking care of animals. I feel Mm -hmm. like it's such, it just gives you so many valuable lessons, like caring for living things. It teaches you, you know, compassion for beings outside of yourself. Yeah. Which is so valuable. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I can imagine it's really rewarding to, I mean, that's what some people talk about when they have a kid Mm -hmm. 
or even just get a dog for the first time. Find yeah. There's something else in your life to take care for other yeah. than yourself. And sometimes that can really ground people. Oh yeah. Did, I mean, is you, that what that kind of provided for you? I think so. Farm? You know, and you just, when you're, when you're out on the farm, there's, there's just empty land. It just feels, it's so peaceful. It's so vast. You just feel as though you have this, I want to say canvas to just soak, soak everything in, you know, and, you, you you it's hard to replicate that in other places so it's it's just like this ground of being able to take a step back yeah which is so important definitely what animals did you work with the most the most sheep sheep and, and cattle mm-hmm. you know i worked with pigs goats but yeah it's, it's a lot of fun you yeah. know use wrangling pigs like that's not not everybody can say that can say that they've done that it's just definitely no that's yeah. awesome i it's just it's funny i grew up in new york city yep um and then moved to california so you know i don't know it's kind of cool hearing about that because that's just such a it's such a different way to grow up than how i did oh and yeah to see it as such a positive experience is is awesome you know you learn to you learn to drive on a tractor out in the hayfield <laughs> right right they stick you out there where the only thing you can run into is a hay bale yeah <laughs> you know? oh man yeah oh man i i would like to go see what farming is like someday in my oh life. yeah just spend a day maybe i'll make a trek up to orwell oh see, yeah dude spend, see what the spend daily a, spend a day are. doing hay There's yeah nothing like it definitely um moving back to kind of just like the senior advice i guess part of this um one thing i wanted to ask you too as a uvm student here is if you've seen the culture around UVM change at all during your tenure here. If there's anything different now than when you started. Um, well, that's a tough question as far as yeah. Culture, Short time you know, period too. I think, yeah. In the last three years, you know, is the, I think the culture here changes just kind of as, as the world changes, you know, these are tumultuous times. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think as I've, as I've grown in my time here, you know, I've tried to become more aware of the fact of just the true breadth of how much exists in the world and how many, how many different viewpoints there are. And the fact that it takes, it takes everybody to make the world go around, you know, it takes, it takes every viewpoint, everybody's, everybody's living a different human experience and each one is just as valid as the next, you know? So I think that's something that that I've kind of learned and I've, I'm so grateful for the fact that in my time here, I've been able to just broaden my horizon so much and just see yeah. so much more of what's out there, you know? And I'm sure that's incredibly freeing too. I think when you, this is another thing that I would like to actually like take myself and do, but just accepting all other people, refraining mm-hmm. from negative judgment yeah, allows you, you know? to just live free. It's like, okay, I think this way, but that person has, the complete right to think yeah. that way too. You know, you don't you don't have to completely understand or agree with somebody to to treat them with compassion, empathy, and and, and respect. Yeah, I know, and I I've found that at UVM generally the people I meet are nice people. Yeah, which I think so. is just great. I mean, I feel like I mean I'm. I'm sure most colleges are like that because I, I like to think that most people are nice people when you meet them. I think so too. Um, I think, you know, un- unfortunately, I think, I think we see a lot of, a lot of the bad 
you know, I think the bad gets the most publicity just because it's, it's outlandish. You Headlines. Know, it's, and, um, you know, it really covers, it unfortunately can cover up a lot of the good. And I, I do believe that most people are good. Yeah. And it, I think it's a good viewpoint to try to have. Mm-hmm. Try to, to give people the benefit of the doubt, you know, yeah. try to, try to assume that everybody has good intentions. You mm-hmm. know, I think, I think intention is the most important thing. You know, obviously sometimes, sometimes things don't go as planned, but I think what really matters is what your intention is when you're act, acting, speaking, thinking, you know, just think, thinking with, with positive intentions. Yeah. You know, I think whenever, whenever I feel like something is done to me, I'm like, you know, that's, that's tough, but I can't imagine that this person did that with malintent. You know, yeah. if, if things happen, but it's all about intention. Things do. Yeah. Things do happen. You know, when I go up to this, when I try out at this Vermont comedy club, I got to remember, I went up with the intent of just making people laugh and having a good time. <laughs> I went up with the intent to do something fun. So no matter the result. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's, it's something fun. That is definitely something I want to try at some point. You should. Yeah. I think you'd um, like, I think you'd be good at it. Thank you, dude. I, I appreciate it. Hopefully, hopefully I can take after Dusty's, <laughs> the legend of Dusty over there. Oh my gosh. Maybe we could get the whole prod team to go down. Oh, that, that would be, be awesome. Um, one more question I wanted to ask. There's, uh, when I talk to a lot of my friends here, we're, we're in sophomore year. Yep. Most of my friends are sophomores. A lot of people are kind of stressing about internships, mm-hmm. trying to find the right thing to get on their resume. Um, do you have any advice in the search for internships and jobs in general throughout your college experience? Yeah, you know, I think I think my best piece of advice would just be, you know, network, get get your name out there. But at the end of the day, it's all about it's all about working hard. You know, and this is actually it's a piece of advice that I got from my from my roommate Brendan from his from his dad as it relates to the job search. And that is as simple as if you are if you are a good person and you work hard, people will hire you. You know, yeah. it's it's really that simple, but it, it is it's a stressful time, you know. I went through it. Um but yeah, you know, you just gotta you just gotta turn over a bunch of rocks. Knock on a bunch of doors, yes. keep knocking, keep knocking, and eventually, you know, if you work hard, all you need is a shot, mm-hmm. you know, and if you get that shot, just take it, Right. take it and run with it. The opportunity will come eventually. Yes. Yes. That is great advice. I, I am excited for just trying to really improve mm-hmm. just the way I go about working over yeah. these next couple of years, like. I feel like I've made so much growth so far from like, honestly, two years ago, looking at the way I planned my day, I think I would literally think I was a completely different person. Yeah. So I used to procrastinate everything till the last minute. Oh, me too. And it still happens. Don't get me wrong, but usually now there's a lot more thought put into it. So Mm -hmm. yeah, that's definitely real. Just working hard, chipping away. Yep. Um, Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate, I appreciate the advice for me and for anybody listening in my sort of demographic. Yeah. You know, as long as, as long as you work, there's going to be an opportunity. Yeah. Eventually, eventually it'll come. Yep. Um, now for sort of the ending bits of this podcast, I'm going to, I'm going to 
bring up some sort of hypothetical questions. Let's do it for uh, for me and you to go over, uh, which I've done on a couple episodes so far. But I'm really excited for this one with you. Uh, and I told you about this first one I was going to ask yes. you. Um, but just to go over it, if you could have dinner with any three people in the world and yourself, who would you have dinner with? So my first person would be Warren Buffett, mm-hmm. often known as one of the greatest investors of all time. I would love to just sit and listen to him speak about financial management. You know, his his philosophy is all about good investments over long periods of time. You know, he often he often says that I would not trade a second of sleep for an extra dollar of profit. You know, and yeah. I, I love the idea of managing your finances in a way for the sake of being financially free rather than just for the sake of being rich. Being rich being rich for the sake of being rich is pointless. In right. my in my opinion, being financially savvy so that you can get to a level of financial freedom where you can control what you do with your time. That's a whole nother ball game. Yeah, so that is what I would love to learn how to do, because the ultimate form of power is being able to wake up in the morning and say, I'm going to do whatever I want today. And I believe that the level of financial acumen one could pick up from studying Warren Buffett could help them get to to that point. Yeah. Be My, a heck of a dinner. Oh, yeah. I, I would hope that he would pick up the check, too. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. <laughs> I'd assume so. I'd assume so. My my second person would be the late, great coach John Wooden of UCLA oh, fame. Yes. You know, yes. His, his philosophy on leadership is something that I'm really drawn to because it is all about just leading through you know, look, looking at each person that you're leading and tailoring your leadership style to that person. And it's all, it's all centered around kindness and respect. And I feel like, I feel like that's the best way to lead. You know, you can't, you can't force people to do anything. You need to, you need to lead them. You need to make them want to do something. And it's not even like, it's not, you're tricking them. It's that you are as a leader, people, want to work alongside you Mm -hmm. so i would i would love to just be in the presence of his leadership philosophy and then my third person i kind of came up with a hybrid here so i was torn between michael jordan and kobe bryant right so i went with timothy grover who is the man who trained both of them and so this is the guy who came up and sort of built you know, the Jordan way and the Mamba mentality that came from Tim Grover. And he, you know, he's written several books about it. I would oh, recommend. Wow. Really? I would recommend reading anything that he's written. That sounds, wow. That's a great lineup, first of all. But so I, you know, I picked that one based off, I picked these three based off of financial management, leadership, and then the, the building of unbreakable work ethic wow and so those those are the three pillars that i would have at my at my dream dinner yeah yeah oh my gosh what a dinner would be yeah i would i i wouldn't even need to be there i would just i could just be a fly on the <laughs> yeah, wall right. I, I i would just love to to listen and, and just be in the presence be of the those napkin three. like be the be the I bread be, box <laughs> oh my god i would be the the butter packet 
Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I might, I'm going to, I'm going to take that recommendation. I would love to learn about Kobe and Michael. Oh yeah. Winning by Tim Grover. Oh man. Give that, give that a read. The, the last dance documentary. Incredible. He was in it. He was, he was in it. Yep. I'm sure. Yeah. That makes sense that he was. I, I had seen Jordan clips of course, as a big NBA fan, knew about his career, you know, could tell you about some of his performances Had watched a bunch of YouTube highlights, but really seeing what he was like in that documentary with all the background footage and stuff. I mean, the, the amount that man wanted to win is incredible. I hope I find something that I want to do half as bad as Jordan wanted to win an Mm -hmm. NBA championship. I mean, my gosh. Yeah. That's a great combo. Well done. Well done. I racked my brain for days on that. I'm so glad you gave me time to prep for that one because I needed it. I needed it. I figured with that one, that was one that the best answer would be gone through like being able to yeah because if someone yep. asked me i feel like i would just throw out like people that i immediately thought of which mm-hmm. might not be my real answer right um okay sweet moving on to the next one i have it's you've probably heard a version of this question before but okay you're going to a deserted island all right it's unfortunate you're, you're maybe you're hopping on a plane maybe you're getting teleported the the main thing is you're by yourself I don't want to completely doomsday you though. So we'll just say for a year, okay. you're here for a year. You a will year. go back eventually. All right. What video game are you taking with you to this Island that you video get to game. play? Only one. Okay. Oh, let's see. That is tough. I, I'm going to have to go with the show. Stick with my baseball roots. Let's you know, that's, go. Baseball is, is one of the things that I can be around continuously and not get bored of it. So I would just, I would just play season after season after season <laughs> of the show by myself on this deserted island. And by, by the time, by the time that year was up, I would probably be destined to play second base for the Red Sox. And you'd know every single player in the league, every single player. Oh my gosh. I would know them better than they know themselves. For real. <laughs> for real. Oh my God. You, I feel like whoever's the commentator is, you, I feel like it, eventually you might have to play on mute or something. The amount of repeat stuff. That's you'd true. Hear. Yeah. Because I, w- I would go insane. You could get the music, though. But maybe the music would get old, too. I mean, a whole Probably. year. Oh, man. But, yeah, good <laughs> choice. The show's a fun game. Love the show's it. a fun game. Which, that actually almost perfectly leads to my final one. Incredible. Which is bottom of the ninth. Okay. Red Sox are up. It's, it can be any Red Sox not named David Ortiz. Oh, that was my Red answer. Sox player. Right. Um, but bottom of the ninth, two outs, full count. The absolute classic bases loaded you're down three you need this game seven of the world series to take the chip home who are you throwing up on the red Sox Ooh. to take that at bat you know what i've got a wild answer for this one and I... this one this this is going to be an obscure name okay i tremendous tremendous kudos for anyone who who is familiar with this guy but i'm going to go with daniel nava Daniel Nava. Oh, are you familiar with Daniel Nava? I think I recognize the name. So, so familiar enough to know it, but not like actually visualize the player. I remember Daniel Nava for two two moments. The first being, I guess the se- chronologically the second, but I'd like to save the other one for last. Yeah. So, 2013, after the the bombing happened in in Boston, you know, and everything that was that was going on in the city during that time. The first game back at Fenway, he hits this booming home run into the bullpen. And I just remember the call because it just chills. 
um, Don Orsillo, you know, back, back, back into the bullpen, yeah. Boston, this is for you. Yeah, yeah. So there's that moment. And then June 12th, 2010, Daniel Nava's debut. Okay. And he steps up to the plate, bases loaded, first pitch, first game, first at bat, grand slam. Wow. And a nine-year-old, Will Cousineau, was sitting on the first baseline oh, for no that game. No way. Oh, that's such a special moment. Yeah. Oh, my God. You Debut, know, too. Career, career 260 hitter, but that, that grand slam that I saw just made this guy appear like a Hall of Famer. Oh, like that, that dude's Barry Bonds to me. Some, some players just have that. They, they have yeah. the ability to hit the shot, get on base. Yep. That's something I really admire. Somehow pressure makes players better. Oh, yeah. It, that's a wild thing. I wonder if that book you talk about, you talked about, talks anything about that. Because, I mean, Kobe and Jordan mm-hmm. both just totally. Rose I think you got to love it. I think you got to love pressure. You got to love being like that dog right, in, that, in like, that situation. Like, you got to have to, you have to love having it all be on you. Man. Okay. You know what? I, I like that conversation. I'm, I'm going to throw another one at you. I just all thought right. of, okay. Fourth quarter. Boston Celtics, okay. Mm. Same deal. Yeah. Game seven, any series, playoff series. We can call it the NBA Finals. Why the heck not? We got 10 seconds left on the shot clock, one possession left, mm. down by two. Anybody but Larry Bird. All right. <laughs> who's, shooting, who's shooting this shot for the Celtics to either tie, go to OT, or take the three and come home with the win? There can be only one. Ray... Allen. Yeah, money man. Ray Allen. Right uh, in the corner. Get him in the corner. Get him open. Easy bucket. The the greatest shooter of all time pre Stephen Curry. Pre Steph Curry. I will give you that. Pre Steph, Steph Curry, Curry has surpassed Raymond. <laughs> <laughs> Is that his real name? Is it Raymond? Maybe. Now, as a Celtics fan, are you are you salty about him going to the Heat after, or do you think this this hate from Kevin Garnett is getting a little bit out of hand Uh, you know kevin garnett is hands down my favorite athlete of all time Mm -hmm. you know i remember being like 12 years old trying to replicate his intensity on the basketball (laughs) court oh but i i probably did when he first left but you know at the end of the day he helped bring us a championship so you know i can't i can't hold a grudge against against anybody that brings a ship to new england good man good man yeah Shout out Ray Allen. Shout out Ray Allen. Steph friend, Curry. Friend of the program. Steph Curry, 10 three-pointers away now. Yes. From becoming the all-time leader and surpassing Ray uh, for the all-time three-point record. I can't wait for him to get that. That's going to be wild, like, man. I, I love Steph Curry so much. You know, even even as a Celtics fan, like that guy, I can't say enough good about, about yeah. him. It's, it's hard not to. He's a really likable guy. Yeah. Really likable guy. You know who I was thinking for that when I was – I actually had the the Celtics one written down for you, but then I went I went baseball after right. the show. I was like, yep. let me switch it up. Um, Isaiah Thomas, I'd have up there. That's a good one, Mister Fourth Quarter. Paul Pierce. Yep. Paul Pierce had the clutch. Gene I was for between sure. Paul and, and Ray and Ray um, for that one. Yeah, I'm trying to think who else. My gosh, the the Red Mamba. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Scalabrini. Oh, there's a lot of good options. All right, well. To wrap it up here, All just right. want to say thank you so much for coming on, man. Yeah, thank you for having me on. This was a ton of fun. Ton really, of fun. really enjoyed this conversation. If 
any of you guys want to check out or just catch up with Dusty, I think the, the Instagrams, the Notorious BWC. The Notorious WBC. Oh, WBC, my yes. bad. Yep, but, my initials. Uh, Dusty's got some podcast stuff in the works, so. In the works. We've, uh, we've got currently one, we're going to do one quick interview, but we wanted to, we wanted to put it out to the masses. You know, we don't know exactly, exactly what it's going to turn into, but we have a really incredible guy who we were fortunate enough to score an opportunity to talk to a buddy of mine and I. And so we are, we're going to make it available for everybody. Yes. I can't wait to tune in. I'm super excited for you guys to kind of start that project. I think you guys are going to absolutely kill it. I'm excited to, I'm excited to get it going. Very nervous though. Very nervous. Understandably so. Yeah. I mean, it's, I I've done a couple episodes now, but it it's hard. It's still, I still get a little nervous each episode Mm -hmm. going in because it's, I don't know. It's just to talk into microphones and try to provide an episode for an audience. It's kind of hard not to, right? Nerves just mean you care, man. True. True that. All right. Well, on that note, thank you to everybody who's listened this far. Thank you again, Dusty, for coming on. The man, the myth, the legend. Uh, It's been great getting to know you this year, man. You too. You too. I'm excited to play laser tag with you tomorrow we are going to be playing laser tag tomorrow davis center production team will be at colchester spare time if for some reason any of you are going to be there saturday although this comes out sunday so i guess it doesn't matter all right well thank you again and uh i'll be back next week with another episode peace out guys